I think yoga is the practice of paying attention. On this podcast, Yoga Strong, we talk about what paying attention on the mat, what being aware and being present, whether you're in the studio or out of the studio or in the kitchen or with your family or with your friends in connection, in your heart, in your head. What does paying attention look like for your life? That's what this podcast is all about. That's what Yoga Strong is about. It's not just strong in your muscles and strong in your movement on the mat. It's strong everywhere. This is Yoga Strong with your host, Bonnie Weeks. Mm, Today, something is starting that I am very excited about. Today marks the beginning of my journey in a new studio. And I have actually not been teaching in a studio for almost for over six months, just over six months. I took a break, which has been really nice with my kids and with summer and I've been craving in person. I may have cried about not having an in-person class, but here we are and it's a new season. And today I have the first classes. And so thinking on this, I wanted to bring a conversation with the question of, do I teach vinyasa? Do I teach vinyasa yoga? That's my question as kind of our basis of conversation today and kind of yoga teacher land. As I step back into teaching and teaching both a slower flow and uh, something that I would consider maybe more of a power flow. I really want to talk about definitions. I want to talk about names of classes, a relationship between studio owners and teachers that I think could be expanded on. I, I, you know, I could say the word improve, but I want to say expanded on or, or grown in a way. And so some of those things as, as topics for today. So let's begin. Do I teach vinyasa yoga? Let's think about vinyasa yoga for a moment. Hatha yoga, which I was trained in hatha yoga and I loved vinyasa and I went and I took a hatha yoga training and it really is a pose practice training, which I wasn't quite sure what to do with because I loved vinyasa. But after years, I am so grateful for that training because it gave me such a base of how to cue poses because the way you cue transitions is really the same as how you can cue poses and the type of detail, the type of concise command direction that you can give in a compassionate way is going to be the same for poses as it is for cueing for flow. So I'm really grateful for that. And it has taken a bit for me to integrate and say, how can these two play hand in hand? So where a Hatha practice is a pose practice, I think of uh, Bikram as a pose practice. Um, Ashtanga, while it is the root of, you know, vinyasa coming from the Ashtanga practice, Ashtanga, each posture is held for five breaths. So when I think of a flow practice and vinyasa, I'm thinking breath and movement together. It's where we think about the brain and you kind of give directions for the brain about what poses you're actually going to land in, what transitions you're going to go to, and you start to integrate those gradually. And so you're going to learn those positions. You're going to add the brain and the body together. So you're going to start to feel it, and then you're going to add breath. So it's a brain, body, breath practice is what I think of as vinyasa practice. And vinyasa, if asana is seat, 
and thinking of the postures as, as a seat, as a, a place to be, as a, a point, then vinyasa in translation is to place in a special way, is how you get to that seat, is how you get to the poses. So vinyasa is about transitions. A vinyasa practice is a transition practice. That means we need to teach the postures. And especially in perhaps studios where there is not a hatha class, not a class where there's a lot of like time spent on postures, students might not know what it is. You know, you might not know what you're like kind of getting yourself into. And even if you come to a vinyasa class, having a lot of body awareness or, or other movement practices where you can do some things that make it look like maybe you know what you're doing you might not because yoga might be new. And so you're like, I have no idea what pose is being asked for. I can do it, but you know, you need that education of the posture itself. So I think there's a way in vinyasa where we teach postures and we slow it down and we can cue those and it's a pose practice. And then we gradually speed it up. So this is how I have adopted this mixture of hatha and vinyasa. And the first round of teaching something, it feels hard because you're holding something for a longer time, where once we get into the flow of things, it becomes a different practice and a different sort of challenge or a different sort of play. So asana, and the seat of a posture and the type of practice. There's a lot of practices that are like pose specific. And vinyasa I think of as transition and the, is the placing of our bodies. It is the getting into and out of a pose and learning how to cue transitions and not just postures, but the ways that they are actually, they do totally play together. That's a vinyasa class. So do I teach a vinyasa class? I do. And, and if, because let's, let's just say that because I work with teachers around the world, I get a lot of exposure and conversation around what different types of classes are interpreted as or presented as in a lot of different places around the world. And having just talked to a teacher friend who lives in India, when there is a vinyasa class labeled on a schedule, there's like a hatha, they have ayangar, right? And then they have vinyasa and maybe they have ashtanga, right? But vinyasa is just labeled vinyasa. No matter where you go, it's just vinyasa. And the expectation of what students will get is that it's going to be a series of sun A, sun B, and perhaps a dancing leg series as well. And then there might be a prescriptive um, backbending and twisting at the end, right? So that is what might be considered traditional for vinyasa classes. And even the phrase flow through your vinyasa is part of the vernacular of people who teach vinyasa classes. But a vinyasa is more than a sun salutation. And I think that's so important to say that I can teach a vinyasa class and I don't have to have a single sun salutation in it at all. And it still is a vinyasa class. So flow through your vinyasa as a phrase does not make sense. It does not make sense. Flow through your sun A. That makes more sense. Like chaturanga, 
upward facing dog, downward facing dog, right? We're trying to just shorten it and we like nicknames. And so that's what we're doing, but it doesn't make sense. So I kind of want to make it make sense. And so let's stop saying flow for you flow through your vinyasa so that it's not confusing to people because that's not what a vinyasa class is. It's not a sun A. It is the way we connect postures together. It is a transitions practice. So if we look though at a traditional vinyasa class and where we say, okay, yoga, I'm I'm an able-bodied white woman. Did I create yoga? No, I did not. Um, and did the people who have been practicing it longer than me create yoga that have just been practicing it five years longer? No. How about the people who have been practicing 10 or 15? No. So it's been passed down by generations and it has evolved over time, even from the beginning of its birth time. And that is really cool. It's awesome because we're adjusting to the things that we need and how to move and how to think and how to show up for ourselves and how to show up with the world, how to give ourselves grace, how to balance effort and ease, how to sit with ourselves. All of these things are yoga and it can look like a lot of different things. And my kids see me practicing yoga and they think that's what yoga is. And it is, and it isn't because if I had 15 teachers here next to me and then my kids watch 15 teachers move and sit and be as humans, all of it is yoga and would all look different from each other. So setting a little bit of the stage, a traditional vinyasa class might include sun A's and sun B's and a dancing warrior series. And that is vinyasa. And it's not everything vinyasa can be or has to be. There is room for more because vinyasa is a transitions practice. And it's also awesome that there is sun A, sun B's that exist because it is something that is practiced a lot. So it gives people an opportunity to really hone breath and body movement because sun A, you're moving breath and body and it helps people because there's so much repetition of it. It helps people learn how to do the breath and body connection. So I teach vinyasa. I like to call vinyasa flow flow classes. I have flow school where I work with yoga teachers. And in a month from now, there's going to be another group of yoga teachers. I have room for a couple more. I have room for like two more people. So if anybody else wants to sign up November 6th through 10th in person in Portland, Oregon, we're going to be gathering here. Most people come in from out of town. There's some people that are local. Um, you can get a hostel, you can rent an Airbnb, you can get a hotel that's nearby. We do it downtown. And it is amazing because we dive in. So that's in real life. I also do online. Online is coming as I'm recording this in January of 2024. And there'll be more in-person experiences as well because it's, this is going to be the second time in person and we have to continue. Like we have to continue this. But I call that flow school as vinyasa is flow. Flow is this connection. It is where um, the poses are important and then the transitions become more important. And, this, and the practice kind of switches and the breath becomes boss. So all of these things said... In different parts of the world, like my friend in India, where she's like, I teach a vinyasa class, but I think when people are showing up there, people aren't knowing what to expect and that they're expecting the sun A, sun B, and I'm not giving them that. So 
like, can we talk about these names of classes and how I present this to people so that they want to show up and they're liking it, but it also is throwing them a little bit. So yes, let's honor the tradition of yoga. I could not be here had not all the other people before me been here and had all the different types of yoga that have existed. Like yoga is like this like exploding web of, of different styles and different approaches. And that's fantastic because it can land in different people in different ways. And for me, I, again, I came to yoga because the handstands and arm balances looked cool, but you know what else I got? I learned how to meditate. I learned how to sit with myself. Like I found a home in myself in a way. And, and maybe I was attracted because of handstands and arm balances, but then it gave me more things than that. So let it come into people's lives in a way that makes sense and all of it can exist at the same time. So with this, if it's helpful then, and if you are teaching a vinyasa class that perhaps is not centered around sun A, sun B, and a dancing series, then you can still call it vinyasa. And this idea of what is yoga, and you know, as you're listening to the podcast, that I define yoga as the practice of paying attention. You know how much attention you have to pay if like you're in class and you're moving in interesting sorts of ways and trying to match your breath with your body? A whole lot. And then you walk off your mat and then you go drive your car. How much attention do you have to pay when you drive in a car? A lot, right? All of these places are places to pay attention. So your definition of yoga, your definition of vinyasa and flow might be different than other people's and it might look a little bit different. It is tricky. So some places where vinyasa is not is not anything more than sun A and sun B for you. It might be tricky to step into that place and be like, I have something else to give you. So it can be really helpful if that's you that, and in your situation, it might be really helpful for you to say, I am here, we're teaching, I'm teaching vinyasa class. Typically when you've been going to vinyasa class, it is this, or it looks like this, but today I'm going to give you an experiment and we are still going to connect our body through postures. We're still maybe going to have a sun A, but we are also going to play with connecting postures in new ways today and just talk to people. I'm so big on this. Like talk to your students like a real human, like, Hey, I know you're used to this, but today we're going to do something different. So people aren't walking out of class being like, well, I wasn't expecting that. That's not what I wanted. That's like, just tell them, like, just say, Hey, today we're doing an experiment and I'm stoked to teach this, teach this to you. This is something I've been thinking about. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. It might be tricky, but I've got you. And you just tell them what you're going to do. I know in some places in the world, there's some places, um, some friends that live in different countries in Europe, even where uh, there is no vinyasa and people either think that it's Ashtanga or it's like a slow restorative or yin practice. And there's no in between with vinyasa at all. Like there's not even sun A's, sun B's. And so then there's like so much room for growth. And so depending where in the world you live, it, there's like a totally different problem to solve. And I think it's so awesome that we have problems to solve because that keeps us lit up. So with this said, wherever you're at in the studio, like in a studio or in a place where it's listing vinyasa, if that is a place for you, I just want to acknowledge that let's say you live in a town where there's five studios and there's vinyasa on the schedule in every studio. Those vinyasa classes could look different, very different from studio to studio. And it does make it difficult, I think, for students to know what they're walking into. 
And what is the difference between an all levels vinyasa and a power vinyasa? And I would love this question to be a bigger a bigger thing that studio owners and teachers think about because how do we adjust that? What is different? Like for me personally, what is different if I were to teach an all levels vinyasa versus a power power vinyasa? How does the flow change? How does my teaching change? Does it? Does it not? What does power mean? Power means something different for a lot of people. Does it mean you're like holding a plank for five minutes or does it mean you're moving at breath pace? Does it like, it means like so many different things for people. So I think that's a really important distinction to have in a studio. So students know what to expect. And we don't really have a something across the board for yoga students to say, this is what this means. And so to be very clear about it and I love having, like giving teachers some wiggle room to be like, create something, but like, we're going to create for, if this is a slow flow class, this is for people. I, for me personally, I'm like, I want my slow flow classes to be places where people can be brand new to yoga and brand new to my teaching. And we're going to prop it and we're going to move at a pace. It's not going to necessarily move to breath pace, but we're going to be paying as much attention to transitions as we are to our postures, but it's chill. And I want people, it's the class I'm saying, if you're brand new to yoga, then this is the class for you. How do I speak to people if they're brand new to it? So that's where I want people to land. So do you have something in your studio where you can direct people say, Hey, if you're brand new, if you don't move your body at all, the people come to yoga who aren't, aren't movers at all. If you don't move your body at all, or you've never practiced yoga, I totally recommend you take this class from this person and do it and take it for like two months before you go somewhere else. Like give an actual recommendation because people don't know where to begin and there's not classes that are labeled necessarily beginners. And also like beginner classes, there's like such a range because people can come and show up again. Like I'll use myself as an example. I had a lot of body awareness. I was a lifter, I was a runner, I've been a mover my whole life. So I have a lot of capacity, but I didn't know yoga. And so I just kind of threw myself in there and then had to learn as I go and look around and be like, what the hell are they talking about? Cause the teacher wouldn't really cue all the things. Cause there's a lot of expectation that you know what it is. Like, how do you cue up dog? Like, please cue up dog. <laughs> but all that said, diversity is growth. Having different styles by different teachers is amazing because it allows us to grow. Having different types of people, different genders of people, different body shapes of people, it changes the experience in the classroom and in the studio. It's an invitational space. And I think that there's an important balance of having this relationship between studio owners and teachers to say, for those studio owners to come and say, hey, I want to have a one-on-one -on -one with my teachers. And I want to check in with my teachers and, and ask my teacher, hey, do you love what you're teaching? And if they don't, what would they love to be teaching instead? Do you love the time you're teaching? How is classes going? Is you, you have any sticky spots right now that you're trying to figure out? Like, that'd be amazing if that was a regular practice for our studio owners. And then for teachers, like, are you assigned a class? Are you teaching a vinyasa class on a schedule? But really, are you really teaching vinyasa or are you teaching restorative during that class? Or if you're teaching and you're assigned a yin class, are you having people flow? Those aren't the same thing. If you want to have people flow, go teach a vinyasa class so that people who show up for yin are like, oh, this is yin. Like there's specific, there is some specifics in there. And, 
and teaching those classes. So I think that's also with studio owners, there's a ton of stuff you have to own and like be in charge of as a studio owner, but to show up and say, I am going to go to my teacher's classes. I'm going to see what they're teaching is what they're teaching, lining up with how we have labeled things in the studio. So students can walk away with the best experience possible. And are these teachers like really loving what they're teaching? I think there's a way that we can come together for that. And if you're a teacher who is your studio owner, this isn't a thing. You can talk to your studio owner and be like, hey, I am really digging teaching in this other way and not the way I have been. Is there room for me to change or what can we do here? Like start the conversation, start the conversation. What's the best that could happen? Yeah. And I think on top of all this, you know, regardless of let's say all these things are happening between teachers and students like or teachers and uh, studio owners. Still, when you show up when you're students, you can get up in front of the room and say, welcome to class, y'all. You have signed up for Vinyasa. We're together for the next 60 minutes. Announce the time. Announce your name. I'm Bonnie. And in this class today, we are going to focus on and then say some things, or we're going to move and explore this, right? So you can announce, like announce and share the things that you are going to be teaching and the way you're going to be teaching it and invite them in, invite them in for the ride. Like let them see you as a human and up there practicing because teaching is a practice. And every time we get up in front of the room, we're like, okay, what's going to happen? These people have signed up. They're signing up and they're trusting us to lead them. They're trusting themselves to show up in the room. They're trusting the studio and the people in that studio to trust it. Like they're trusting that experience as like a community too. So it's a lot. So just show up with them, speak what it is you're teaching them. Like tell them it's vinyasa. What does vinyasa mean to you? What does vinyasa mean to you? What does yoga mean to you? And how is that going to play out in this movement and in this practice today? It's just more conversation and more defining what you actually mean. Definitions are are making me nerd out hard right now. Like the way that we define things is, can be broadly different. I mean, you pick a topic, like what do you define yoga as or vinyasa as, and that might be very different from somebody else. And you could name uh, like so many things in life and ask people like, how do you define this? And, and, you know, maybe there's a lot of conflict out there that doesn't need to be because people actually just have different, different definitions of a thing. So maybe they're arguing or having uh, a disagreement around things that they think they're talking about the same thing but maybe they're not. I mean, relationships are a really good teacher for that, especially because as you're talking with somebody and and maybe there's conflict, you're like, oh, we're defining the idea of of what time together even means or what touch even means. Or uh, like, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all, there's a lot of nuance in the words. So I think we can just say what we mean and do the best we can and be as invitational as we can, and as honest as we can, as human as we can, and try to work together as a team for our communities, for these yoga studios, and for our teach- for our students as teachers, and keep asking questions. So I'm Bonnie. I teach vinyasa yoga, and it's also flow yoga, and it doesn't necessarily have to have sun A's and sun B's, and I love to create movement experiments and we might explore tricky transitions. And I'm experimenting and practicing as much as you are as a student. 
And I think it's just as much play as it is work. So welcome to class. And if you are in Portland, Oregon and want to join me, then you can check out my gram. You can go to my website. I am at Rhythms Movement and Rhythms in in Portland on Tuesdays. And if you want to join Flow starting today. (laughs) And then if you want to join me in Flow School, if you're a teacher or if you're a studio owner, if you want to join me in Flow School, reach out. And if you have more questions or check out my website, bonnieweeks.com. If you are interested in one-on-one mentorship as a studio owner or as a teacher, I love doing that shit. So reach out to me as well and we'll set up an appointment and we can just chat and make sure it's a good fit for both of us. And I'll direct you somewhere else if it doesn't land with me with your specific problems and the things that you're trying to solve, like the problems you're trying to solve. Problems to solve is awesome. So what is yoga to you? How do you define yoga? And in a very simple sort of way. And do you teach vinyasa? And what does that mean? And are you teaching things that you love? And when you teach things that you love, how is your joy contagious? Mm. Until next time, y'all.